everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of the IA Cast. My name is Michael Doeys, and I'm here with a wonderful group today. We were off last week, but we are back, and today we're here with Aaliyah Dudley. Hello. Allison Hartley. Good day. And Jason Earls. Hey, guys. All right, so since we recorded last, there's been a lot of news from Google. You know, we did our Google I.O. prediction show, and we were right on several things, but there was a lot that was announced that we had no clue about. And so we're going to start the news off with that. And our main topic today is going to be about tablets and how the landscape of tablets is changing a lot. So... So to start off, let's talk about Google I.O. Google announced Android P. It's now an official beta. I've been testing it for a while, and I like it. I'll get into that in just a minute. But they also announced changes to Google Assistant with several new voices, which are awesome. And Google Duplex and several other things. What, what have I missed? Those were the big ones. Yeah, those are the ones I remember. Yeah. So let's start with... This Google Duplex. So would anybody like to describe what that is? So Duplex is a way for a Google Assistant to call and make natural sounding appointment reservations. Google demoed this working with a restaurant reservation and a hair salon. Essentially, the AI interprets and responds to the questions that the employee is asking and attempts to come up with the best answers for them. And it's amazing. And it's the future and I want it. It's crazy. <laughs> and when we say human sounding conversations, we literally mean human sounding conversations to the point where the voice will even say, um, and, uh, and, um, so yeah. it's not just yeah. a clean edited response. Now it is worth noting that it was stated after the keynote that the Google Assistant would be letting the caller know, or the person that they called know that it was the Google Assistant and that they're calling on behalf of somebody, which I think is good. I don't know how much I'd use this service, but I think it's neat. I could think of so many times during my day because of my job, I'm basically working through my day, through my lunch hour, through my breaks, and I don't really have time to set aside for the normal kind of phone calls of the day that you would make during those times. So if I could farm that out to Duplex, that would be so awesome. Wow. I just imagine somebody using Duplex to check up on, I don't know, their their grandmother they haven't talked to in like six months. I'm sure that would go over interestingly. <laughs> that would be so mean. That would be the meanest. Oh, right. Poor Grammy. I mean, I wouldn't do it. I'd rather talk to them myself, yeah. but I mean. Yeah, I just feel like it's a neat feature. And interestingly enough, and I've always thought about this, I wonder how Google makes money off of these things. Like, there's no profitable avenue for this unless it's just to get more data about people. So what are y'all's thoughts on that? I was sort of wondering that too, because I mean, I know that Google's into, you know, Google's main thing is search, but I know that Alphabet is into other areas more than just AI, and I doubt that they get all of their funding from those unrelated areas, but I don't know. I think that the data collection is vitally important because the more data they collect, the better services that they can provide. Now, I'm not going to have blinders on, pun intended, and assume that it's all 
for benevolent purposes. I'm sure they're using our data in ways that we wouldn't necessarily approve of, but I think all the ultimate purpose of the data collection is to improve their services and to deliver information to us that's more relevant to what we actually need and want based on what they know about us. Data collection helps to build a better profile of you. And I wonder how consistent the data they collect on you during a call is because one of the things they were talking about is if you end up encountering something that the assistant knows it's not going to be able to help with. As I understand it, you will be transitioned over to a human agent that will complete the rest of the calls or at least the areas that the assistant can't complete on its own. So I wonder how consistent the data collection would be when that transition takes place. Good question. Yeah, I would think that that would be vital. Definitely. And yeah. I wonder how good the transition would be between the AI and the actual person, because at that point, it kind of breaks the user experience part, because then the person has to yeah. wait on hold for a live person to answer, and it just, I don't know how well that's going to go over. Well, and not to mention, as somebody who has called customer service for several different companies, I find it really distracting if I end up in a call center where there's a lot of background noise and Ugh, yeah. the background noise is either equal to or close to maybe even louder than sometimes the volume of the representative who's trying to help me in the first place. So mm. I'm wondering if they thought of that when they do these human transitions because I would feel like that'd be really distracting for the person who's being called by the assistant. So it's a neat feature. We're going to have to see where it goes from here, but uh, it's interesting. So what do you guys think about those new voices that they've added to the assistant? Oh, they sound pretty good. One of them actually, to me, sounds like a Bard narrator from what is I heard John from your, Legend one of your echoes. Is the John Legend voice yet? That's yes. the one I want. Yes, it is. It's Ooh. voice four, Ooh. I believe. I think. All right. And I like voice eight, honestly. I like it a lot. And we'll have a link in the show notes to some samples of these voices as well but some of the voices are just modified versions of the originals and that's kind of frustrating and that you can tell that they're not new voices they're just yeah pitched up or pitched down and they have a different head size yeah that would be frustrating they even did that when they made the new tts voices for talkback i noticed in was it marshmallow i think it was marshmallow i'm like that's not a new voice yeah, it's oh like you, you would think they would just add a pitch slider to uh, adjust all yeah. that. Yeah, you'd think. So I guess the last topic is Android P on this part of the news. Android P has come out, and I have to say, it's the most iOS version of Android yet. Stop peeing on your Android. Stop it. <laughs> and I have to say... It just goes to show who the better operating system is. Google's copy. Oh, jeez. No, I'm kidding. I'm but kidding. I'm kidding. If you look but. back, Apple has copied Google a lot. And so, you know, it's nice to see some Apple things coming to Android. Here, here. So, Michael, oh, yeah. you need Android P beta if you're going to play with Duplex, but you don't need it if you're going to play with the new assistant voices, right? Correct. Correct. And so the biggest things that have changed to me is you can now swipe up to get to the overview, which is the app switcher, which now looks just like the iOS app switcher. Visual users can flick up to close apps. I'm assuming you could do something similar with TalkBack. 
Just uh, I would assume it would be like a two finger, finger flick swipe up. up because yeah. yeah. And your launcher really doesn't affect that. Although I noticed I switched to Apex and the search bar that was at the bottom of the app switcher or the overview is gone. So and the dock mm-hmm. as well. So that's interesting. There's a lot of new features for I believe there's new features for OEMs to make their versions of Android be upgraded to Android P. I don't remember the name of that. Project Treble? Yes, that's it. So that's in there. And you can we'll have a link to the Android beta page in the show in our show notes so you can read all about it and get the beta. But it looks really it's very nice. Easy. It's a very easy update. It's actually easy easier to upgrade to that than it is the iOS betas. I agree. The only issue is is that there's a lot less devices it runs on. And they've mm-hmm. dropped support for all Google tablets and Nexus devices, which is partly what our main topic of the show is about. So we'll get to that. There's one more topic in the news that Jason found. Aaliyah just read the article about it. So I'll let y'all discuss that. So this article is from Gizmodo, and it claims that all on-stage tech demos are, quote, fake as hell. And it says that because the Google Duplex demos never mentioned a business name, nor could you hear any sort of background noise with relation to the business that was the example, they believe that the Duplex demos were faked. And they cite some other examples as well. Now, the restaurant demonstration did have a bit of a flub in it where there was a bit of a mistake with the person misunderstanding and the AI not quite responding properly. But I don't know. I kind of agree with the article. And I know some don't. But I think that at the very least, demos are definitely engineered because big tech companies don't want their products to fail on stage. And that's a little disappoint take audio iMessages oh my gosh okay I just thought of this example in the that Apple is a keynote, great example when audio iMessages were introduced the quality of the message was extremely good and yeah, it was like Roger we, quality yeah it really was well and then we got it and the quality of the messages is crap crap for those so, of you who have never used audio messages imagine an 8k phone call that's mm-hmm. the sound of the audio yeah, messages you get. It's better than nothing, but it's not great. No, and it never should have been demonstrated a different way. Well, I agree with you. I think that naturally companies want to put their best foot forward when they're doing these demos, and so they do engineer to have the highest chance of success. But I think it's a bit of a leap to assume that the whole that, that the whole thing is faked. Because, for example, there could have been low crowd noise in the background because they might have been calling during a not busy time. They may have coordinated with the business ahead of time to let them know, hey, we're going to be doing this. In fact, I'm sure they probably did. They probably didn't put the business name because perhaps the business asked not to have that done or for various privacy reasons, which would be kind of rich from Google. I can honestly see where some people would say that it was fake. I'm choosing to stick my head in the bucket of Kool-Aid and drink that because I want this to be the future. Didn't the article mention something about they tried to call the one of the it was like the restaurant or the hair salon or something that somebody found it and they called and they were able to confirm that Google did call it and then they got hung up on. Did I read that far? Am I about to embarrass myself? Hold on. It's okay. I didn't read it at all. (laughs) Well, and while she's doing that, my whole thing is like, I'm not surprised 
because obviously, as you said, Allison, when companies are doing a tech demo, they want to put their best foot forward. They're trying to sell the product. From what I've read, the article was saying that they had issue with Google saying that it was a live, real demo when it doesn't appear to be the case. It appears to have been, at the very least, edited or something. And I think that's what their main thing against it was, is that Google no, was I saying think it, it was a real live demo stage. and it wasn't. You know, I don't think it was a recording. It happened on stage. It's just how much pre-planning was there ahead of time. That's, But again, if you're trying to sell a new product or pitch a new idea, I think that's only natural that you would do that. Okay, so yes, the article does say that during Fireball, John Gruber asked readers to help him find the restaurant featured in the Google Duplex demo. They found it. They called. They said that Google AI did place a reservation. Then according to Mashable, the person on the phone appeared to be nervous and ended the call without reaffirming that Google had contacted the restaurant. Well, I'm sorry, but you have to take some of that with a grain of salt because Daring Fireball is extremely anti-Google. They're very pro-Apple websites, so they're going to do anything they can to try to tear Google down. Well, before we get into too much speculation on this, I'll put in my two cents. You ever go and watch TV and you see those... Well... Okay. Present, uh, nice present, one, present crowd not included. <laughs> uh, they have the perfect cheeseburger on screen. Okay. Yeah. And it never, ever looks like that. Same with pizza places. Mm-hmm. They have their pizzas on screen and they look amazing. But when you get well, them, and then pancakes, they, they never look like that. Although IHOP well, does have a good pancake presentation, I'm just saying. I want yes. pancakes now. Well, apparently, but, part of you and you don't want to eat what you see on TV either, because if it's like syrup and stuff, it's probably motor oil. Well, I don't know about all that, but that's used. The point is, is that these companies do try to make the best demos they can. Now, in saying that, I know for certain that watching Apple keynotes, that their demos are live because you literally watch somebody walk up there with that iPhone and you see them doing the stuff on that phone along with on uh, as long along with doing it on screen. In fact, you've actually seen them in recent keynotes be like, "Oh, I can't activate Touch ID. I need to go get a new phone." Mm-hmm. So, when these articles, when these there are certain tech websites I don't care for because a lot of this is clickbait to make people click, read, and click on ads. And it's trying to get people to say, oh, these tech, you know, let's not promote them. Let's promote somebody else. And, okay, so what if Google Duplex was not properly used? Okay. The concept, what they're trying to say is coming by maybe even doing a not-so-real demo, that's fine with me. As long as that's what's going to happen whenever it comes out, that's fine. You know, and, you know, a lot of these things they do demos of and then people are able to go get hands on. So and I'm sure they were able to do that at Google I.O. So I don't like a lot of these tech pundits that go and say that this is fake or this isn't working because they're trying to generate traffic to their website instead of actually giving positive news of here's what's out there. Here's what you'll have to work with. Instead of building up the tech industry, that's tearing it down. And that's just my personal opinion on that. What are y'all's thoughts? I would absolutely 100% agree with you. 
It's not really adding anything. I would agree as well. I mean, personally, I found the article interesting, but obviously it did get me to click on it and I read it, mm -hmm. which, you know, ad revenue and well. all that good stuff. But I mean, it's common sense, at least it is to me, that not every single tech demo you're going to witness at a keynote or whatever is going to be 100% live all the time, especially if software is still in development. Now, that being said, I do have to back up a bit and say that I wish Apple had given us a full demo of audio messages, and I don't quite understand how people were supposed to experience the sound of the HomePod unless it was coming from just the HomePod in that auditorium. Right. Yeah. That I kind of have a bit of an issue with because it's not the sound of the HomePod and it wasn't the true sound of audio messages, but those two examples aside... It kind of makes sense to me. Now, with HomePod, do you think the audience actually heard the HomePod or something on the speakers in the auditorium? The way the stream sounded, I was assuming they were hearing something on the speakers in the auditorium. Right. It was it was piped. Had to have been had to have been piped into a mixer because it just yeah. It was too full of a sound. Otherwise, it was I mean, way you can't, yeah, yeah yeah. Same thing with perfect. audio iMessages. It was too good. Yeah. You know, There's and I no wonder if that the sound was coming out of a speaker. I wonder if that's the thing is if they have the stuff going their sound going through a mixer and so us on the stream don't get the same quality that the audience gets. But, but the how would they pump the HomePod through a mixer? That's how is that even Airplay. The only way they'd possible. really be able to do it is if they were to have a con. Well, I don't know if a contact mic would have worked, but it might have worked if they'd put a contact mic by the HomePod. But even so, it wouldn't have been a true representation of the HomePod, because would the HomePod have been loud enough on its own for people in the whole auditorium to hear it? Is my question as well. Those two examples aside, it does make sense why some demos aren't completely one hundred percent live. If the article is titled "All Tech Demos." then that's also misrepresentation. That's clickbait fake newsy. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't like that. So that's just my thoughts on that, and I think we should go ahead and move on. So let's go ahead and take our break and talk about our training services. You know, we have served quite a few students this year, and I'm very happy about this. We have a bunch of trainers, and, you know, the iAccessibility training program is going strong, and you our faithful listeners can go to iaccessibility.net slash training and sign up. You get a one hour free and we will teach you any topic you want to learn in technology on our list. So check it out. iaccessibility.net slash training. You know, we have classes in windows, Mac, iOS, Android, Braille, even we have all kinds of stuff. So go check it out. iaccessibility.net slash training. All right, so on to our main topic of today. And this, to me, is pretty important. So Google has gone and removed support for the Pixel C and their other tablets from Android P. And I even did a Google search for tablets that will get Android P at launch, and I didn't find anything. And that is a shame, and that is an issue. I also found an article that was saying that the top tablets, this was from PC Mag, and the top tablets of 2018 for Android are Amazon Fire tablets. Now, what does that say about the Android ecosystem when their tablets are Amazon that are offshoots of Android? 
I think it speaks to an overall lack of commitment by Google. It's pretty obvious to the tablet market. It's clear that they want to focus on phones. And I'm not sure that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think, though, that for low vision users or someone who prefers a tablet or interface, it's kind of bad news because Fire OS, although it's cool and I like my Fire tablet, it's not a true stock Android experience. In fact, it's completely, from a voice view perspective, it's more along the lines of iOS now than TalkBack. You know, now that you mentioned iOS, I bet Apple loves this. Well, that was one of the things... That was one of the things that was I've been reading is because iPad and Surface have been doing so well, Google just doesn't see the need to try to keep up. Which I don't understand because the more devices that you have, especially if it's devices you manufacture or have partnered with companies to have manufactured for you that are running your operating system, I feel like the more money you could make in but or, or... Sorry. Even more than that, the more data you could collect on users. But it's kind of the same thing when you think about Microsoft getting out of the phone industry. It's kind of the same thing, only in reverse. Android and iOS have the market and are doing really well in that arena. So Microsoft kind of took their ball and went home in that in that way and decided, why should we even try? That's true. But yeah, that's true. I just, I guess what I'm saying is if you're willing to just give up, then I, I don't know, that just doesn't resonate well with me no i don't like it either but let's be honest like i think google's big thing is chrome os if you're going to use a desktop or even a tablet based device i think they want people on the chrome os system which can also run android apps so i mm-hmm. think that's kind of the direction they're trying to go but like their pixel book is over a thousand dollars it's a nice machine Ugh, i would love one but they're $1,000, and it's just a browser. It's very basic. So can't Chrome OS run not only Android apps, but Linux apps now, or is that going to happen? I'm not sure. Because if that's the case, then that would also make sense, because then you have a whole big variety of apps that you could run. I just, I don't know. I mean, wouldn't it be if Google's really wanting people to move over to Android apps, wouldn't it make sense to... Are they still ensuring that Android's going to work well on tablets, at least? Oh, yeah. Google's just taking themselves out of the equation. They're... You know, the Samsung is eventually going to have Android P next year. Just ridiculous. Yes. So, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's a whole other show. In fact, I think it's called the Acast. Um. Uh, <laughs> so, I think it's... It's very interesting looking at the landscape, you know, Amazon becoming so popular as far as tablets. And uh, I just think that, well, that's why the iPad Pro is better. What? Oh, okay. I think that we can see it in the cards that Android and Chrome OS will eventually become one, as evidenced by the fact that this stuff is happening. I think Samsung has a horrible track record of keeping their devices up to date with the rest of Android stuff. A year is unacceptable, I'm sorry, but my S7 hasn't even gotten Oreo yet. And that is, and it's supposed to. So I think that that's just not right. And so I think Google may be doing what Apple didn't really do and kind of making a tablet laptop combination. And that may win them some of the market. 
I don't know. It's hard to know what's going to happen. I really like choice. And I have to say, one of my favorite Android tablets was the Nexus 7. That was a sweet tablet. It was beautiful. Yeah. hundred and something dollars and you got a state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line tablet. And they just had that so well done and they discontinued all of those things. So I'm just disappointed with Google for doing that because it's nice to stay in both ecosystems, but people can't always afford two phones. So Right. I think it's yeah. sad that they've discontinued the Nexus line entirely, tablets or phones. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that they are doing what Google does best and they throw stuff at a wall, see what sticks. And if it doesn't, they'll just move on. They're very quick to move on from something. So I think that uh, we'll have to see what they do. They even may move away from Android. They've talked about that depending on what happens with this case with, uh, I was about to say Sun Microsystems, but it's actually Oracle. Sun owned Java before uh, Oracle did and they were purchased. So that's why I almost said that. But we never know. You know, they're talking about that new OS, Fuchsia, that might run Swift and Chrome OS becoming the dominant. We just don't know. And I think that's kind of scary for their platform because you don't know what's going to happen next. So I actually just thought of something. Couldn't that potentially scare away some developers who wouldn't want to deal with the uncertainty right now of the Android platform. Well, it's possible. It's possible, but I think one of the reasons or one of the things, and we've talked about this before and we'll have a better, we'll have it again, is progressive web apps. Google is really pushing these progressive web apps, which that's what Steve Jobs wanted to have on the original iPhone. And they're great. But again, for accessibility, they could change something the next day and your app is not accessible. So that's the issue I have with those. Mm -hmm. All right. Does anybody have any final comments before we go ahead and wrap up today? I want some Oreos now. <laughs> I was going to say I want some whatever Android P is called. Then I realized it was just P. Pez. So <laughs> it, has, it, has, it, it honestly be better be Pez. I hope it's Pez. That's or my popsicle. final thought. It better be Pez yeah. or I'm going to be disappointed. Popsicle would be okay. Yeah. No, Pez. I don't want Popsicle. It, 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 it better be Pez. Because then Google Stay could tuned, be the Pez folks. dispenser. <laughs> honestly, I don't really care. I just want R to be Reese's. Yes. 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 What's Q going to be? There is no Q candy. I don't know. There's no Q. There might be a like for, there might be a there might be some sort of like foreign candy that starts with a Q that we don't know about. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, it is. I mean, desserts, but quiche. they moved True. it to candy. It's not a dessert, quiche. but yeah. you mean? I mean, quiche is delicious, but it is not a dessert. No. <laughs> Maybe P will be pie. Mmm, pie. Now mm, I want pie. pie. Or pizza. Mm, I want pie. Maybe now they'll too. move away from Pizza's candy. Pizza is not a dessert. To... No, but if they're going to have key, if the only thing that will work for Q is quiche, then maybe they're going to preemptively move to <laughs> the wider food market, which that would be fine. <laughs> Allison's stretching. Yes. <laughs> I'll say this, though. As far as tablets go, there is no beating the Surface or the iPad. And it's good that Google knows this. <laughs> you just said Surface first. I vote we dismiss him from the podcast. <laughs> I vote that whenever hey, I now, edit, whenever as a person whenever somebody edits from a Windows machine, I am okay. Whenever with that. somebody <laughs> edits this podcast, they must put iPad before Surface. Yeah, whatever. 
Challenge accepted. All right. Uh, Hashtag uh, editor's privilege. No. <laughs> yes. We shall do it. It shall be released, and you shall never know. <laughs> well, hey, since, since there was a metronome in one of our episodes, we got told. Hey, um, yeah. <laughs> don't worry, listeners. The metronome's gone. But uh, I still have yeah. the raw file. Why would you, you advertise right that? Now people are going to want it. No, you of go this right one. ahead and run initials and post produce oh, and and do all that and then post it and and waste all that time. You go right ahead. Yeah, you go ahead and fluff up what we say to make this. You know, see, see, I'm an Apple fan, but these guys are more hardcore than me. You know. <laughs> and I want to point I out am... to people that know me who have known how much of an Apple fanboy I've been over the years. I'm still an Apple fan, but not as much as these guys. You know, they're, they're crazy. I'm just hot. Well, I resemble that remark. So. <laughs> but I, I resemble that remark. <laughs> I, I think I think it's very funny that everybody here is typically the folks that we have on the iCast and... We're talking about We're Google talking stuff. We're talking about Google. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just funny. Yeah, but... par- par- pardon me while I um, I hang my head in shame. Do we have the that's shame because cones? because Google is shame... kicking Apple's butt right now in a lot of areas. Did those, and we, we did just those cones of shame? That. They are. Did those cones of shame we ordered the other day, Michael, ever come in? Those like 2,500 cones of shame? Yeah, they're, they're invisible and they're about to land on your head right now. Well, they can't all land on my head. I'm not the only one in the show. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, seriously, no, though. Like, no, I... all the cones came here. All of the fail pie went there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, Michael. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure that metronome faux pas earned you a whole fail pie bakery here. <laughs> but, you know, seriously, I just want to say that I'm really excited about the idea of fuchsia. I want to see it when it is publicly available. I don't know what I wouldn't be able to install it on, but I I do. I want to see it. It's going to be new. It's going to be interesting. And I'm all for new and interesting. So, Well, that's what this show is about, is going out and exploring new technologies and talking to everybody about them. And I really am excited to see what we get in two weeks from WWDC. I think we should do a iCast prediction show talking about what we want to see and what has you know what we've seen in previous years and, and i think we're going to see some cool stuff for ipad i know it's going to be a bug fix version but we're going to see a few new features i'm sure and it's just going to get better and ios is really powerful it has some limitations yes but you know as much as we trash talk apple and we trash talk microsoft and we trash talk google the things we can do with mobile devices are amazing compared to what we could do with the Palm, you know, the trios and the, all those devices back before the iPhone came out. So it's only getting better. It's going to get better this year. And I wasn't very impressed with the Android P. I mean, there were some nice things, notch support for phones in the, the new overview. And now there's some awesome accessibility things with Select to Speak. I didn't mention those earlier because we mentioned those in other shows. I've gotten to test those things out. It's really cool. iOS has seeing AI. iOS has all these things that are phenomenal. You know, Windows, Microsoft is 
done so many amazing things with Windows. And they're doing things with Magnifier that rival what ZoomText and other magnification software packages have. And it's just an awesome time to be using technology. And I can understand why Google, because Google, I think, felt like on the Android front for tablets, they didn't have anything that could contribute to the community. So they're trying to figure out where they belong. And I think they feel like they belong on the Chromecast, or not Chromecast, the uh, Chrome OS <laughs> side of things. So, and if that's the case, more power to them. So I'm excited to see what they do. And we'll be following, you know, things to come. And I'm sure they're going to have another event in September when Android P actually comes out. So, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of the IACast. So, Aaliyah, where can people find you and what is your pick for this week? My pick for this week is the new beta of FlickType. And in case you haven't heard about FlickType, what it is is what Flexi should have been in that you can type where you think each letter is. It's a direct touch-ish interface, and you type where you think each letter is. Then you flick right to insert a space, and it will tell you what it thinks you typed. You can flick up or down to switch words, flick right after typing a word a second time to insert punctuation, and you can also access numbers and symbols. FlickType has come out with the very first builds of a third-party keyboard, and it is, I must say, very, very awesome. I think it's going, yes, there are issues still, but I think it's going to be a very nice keyboard when it comes out. I have been waiting for something like this. As a direct touch typing user, I like this better because I don't have to be so precise. So I can't wait till it gets released. I believe they are going to charge for the ability to use it as a third-party keyboard, but I would pay for it. Oh, yeah. You can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A, at iAccessibility.net, or you can follow me on Twitter at BlindCowGirl199, and I happen to be the training coordinator, so don't forget about those wonderful training classes. First hour is free with your paid training request. All right. Allison, where can people find you online? Well, for my pick, I actually want to talk about a TV show that is kind of in line with what we've been talking about a little bit on the Google section, the capabilities and possibly downfalls of AI. I've been watching season one of Westworld with audio description. You can get that from the Blind Mice Movie Vault. And I have absolutely loved it. It's basically an Old West theme park where all of the characters are AI, but they start to take on consciences and and deviations of their own. And it's very, very interesting. And just to plug something else that cool that happened this weekend, there was the royal wedding, obviously the marriage of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Um, Ira did a really nice audio description of the wedding. Um, if you're going to listen to it now, you want to try to sync it up with some uh, coverage from the BBC of the wedding itself so that you can get the actual sound from the ceremony paired with Emily's excellent audio description. It was fabulous, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. You can find me producing content for iAccessibility.net. You can email me at Allison, that's A-L-L-I-S-O-N, at iAccessibility.net. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Hot4Technology. Remember, folks, that's the number four, Hot4Technology. All right, where can people find you, and what is your pick, Jason? My pick is going to be an application that I've had on my device for a while, but 
I haven't really used it a lot until recently. It's called File Explorer, and it's by, I'll spell the name, S-K-Y-J-O-S Company. There's a paid version, but I'm using the free version. It allows you to connect to different file shares. It also allows you to view files on your device. It works as an actual explorer for the file system, I think. I don't use it for that, but I really like it. It works really well with VoiceOver, and it's just a really nice and useful app. There are some interesting issues with it. One of them is that the folders will show up as images, and then when you flick right again, you'll be presented with the folder itself. So you'll kind of hear it twice, but I just drag my finger down the screen and it works. It plays all kinds of different file formats and it's file player. If you tap on files, it'll stream them. So it's, it's, it's really cool. As far as where people can find me, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can follow me on Twitter at JDE, that's Juliet Delta Echo 91. And you can also search for me on Facebook. All right, so my pick is one that's been in the news a lot, but I've started using it. It's uh, MoviePass, and I think it's a really neat service. I've been to see two movies, and I love it. And uh, interestingly, we went to a movie this weekend, and we were able to actually get both of our tickets on one go, which was kind of awesome. So... Movie Pass. You get to the theater, you pay once a month, $9.99, and you go to the movies twice a month, it pays for itself. So, Movie Pass. Great service. A lot of folks use it. Mostly every theater takes it, so um, check it out. It's really great. You could also use it with pretty much like all the dining theaters, like Alamo Draft House here. And uh, theaters like that, so it could even save you money in some cases. So check it out. If you want to find me online, you can at iaccessibility.net. You can uh, find me on Twitter. Just search for Mike Doeys. I'm Michael Doeys on Facebook. You can go to my website at michaeldoeys.com, and you can email me at Mike Doeys. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iaccessibility.net. If you want to find iAccessibility, you can at iAccessibility.net. We're iAccessibility1 on Twitter. We have a Facebook page. Search for iAccessibility. We have our iOS app where you can listen to content. And we have content all over the web on YouTube and every place you could probably find content, Tumblr. And we also now have a new show on our Patreon page for our supporters, patreon.com slash IACast. We have our show, the IA Unplugged podcast, and uh, it's a lot of fun. You get to see us talk about tech and just be goofy and have fun in a very laid back fashion. So patreon.com slash IACast. And for this new show, it's for our $5 a month subscribers so we hope that you guys become a patron and support our shows we're also still putting up outtakes that will also be in our outtake show we may have to do two of them guys because we have so many we got a few we from really this episode do. too so those folks, you can get for a dollar folks i just would like to say again and please realize that making a podcast like this isn't cheap and 
you have costs that go into developing the podcasts and editing them. We have to pay for the software. We have to pay for the servers. We have to pay for a lot of things. And your support is going to help us so that we don't have to pay those expenses out of pocket. Because in reality, these things are expensive. And if you want to keep this podcast running, we need your support. And, you know, as little as a dollar a month gets you access to our outtakes, which are hilarious. Okay. Watching me stumble over my words, that's funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> but Fitter and Twice book. $5 a month. Yeah, Fitter and Twice book. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can twallow me on fitter. Um, I did say that once. Um, and then there was the one for this episode. They don't yeah, the streaming shush, people Don't give it all right away, now. guys. No, don't <laughs> give it all away. Anyway, I'm not um, giving it all away. We have plenty of my outtakes, I'm sure. Anyway, it takes a lot to run these shows, and and please, you know, support us. It's five dollars is what? Not even a Starbucks coffee anymore. Nope. Um, depending on what you put in it. And so if you if you like this podcast, if you want to support us, if you you know, please please just consider consider donating. This is a lot of work, a lot of time. Don't get us wrong, we love doing it, but it's also high cost. So any of your assistance that we could get would be great. And if you pledge at the five dollar a month level, there may or may not have been alcohol involved in the production of the IA unplugged cast. So I think that's worth five dollars a month in and of itself. Some alcohol was definitely harmed in the making of this program. Oh, yes, we harmed it. <laughs> so, there you have it. There's a lot of great content out there. We intend to put more. And uh, we're very excited to have you guys listening on the stream and, uh, you know, in your podcast feed. And we thank you guys for joining us. This has been a great episode. If you want to send us an email, you can at feedback at iaccessibility.net. And we encourage you guys to send us podcast ideas. What would you guys like to hear us talk about? So we can debate stuff all day that we come up with. But, you know, if you give us a topic, we'd love to discuss it. So it's been a great show. Thank you, Allison, Aaliyah, Jason, for coming on and everybody listening on the stream. The whole two of you that are left. We really appreciate you guys. And we will be back next week with a new episode. And we're getting closer and closer to Apple time. So, you know, we've talked a lot about Google in the last several shows. I think we need to get some Apple love going. So, I know, right? We're going to we get... We need our Apple they Christmas. Need, they, need to, they need to do something first. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> we, we, need to, we need to become a fruitier podcast for a few weeks. So, we're... <laughs> With that being said... We're going to wrap this thing up. We'll be back next week. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Copyright 2018, iAccessibility, and Michael Doeys.